You're listening to the OKC82 Plus Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first edition of the OKC82 Plus. Um, I'm not going to give credit to anybody for uh, the name OKC82 Plus, but uh, on an unrelated note, I am joined by our very our, our very own at the franchise, Mr. Jerry Ramsey, also known as TV's Jerry. Um, Jerry, that was a fun game considering how terrible the Thunder can't, or the, how terrible they are from shooting from deep. It was awful. Uh, historically bad, and that's the one thing that I, I read and saw and all that is uh, historically bad, yet somehow found a way to, to keep themselves in it and eventually fight and, and get it down to a one-point uh, one game late. And um, I listen, I, I'm not going to say that uh, I am proud or anything of that as a thunder of getting back into this thing and, and scrapping out. Uh, I thought these guys were the favorites. And to get down the way they were, I think down by as many as 19, uh, I found that strikingly, uh, strikingly upsetting. Yeah, um, I mean, I tweeted out um, during the first quarter when the th- when the Thunder were just getting run off the floor by CJ McCollum and Dame. Uh, I mean, I agree with you, Jerry. It shouldn't make you feel good as a Thunder fan or prideful that they came back because this is what the Thunder have done all year. And I also made the observation um, after the first quarter that. I think we all know that the Thunder are going to come back because this is what they've done, like I said, all season long. Um, but going back to that 6-13 and 13 stretch they had pretty much the, the entire month of March, they were getting destroyed early in those games. They would routinely give up 35-point quarters in, uh, to start the game, even some 40-point quarters in that stretch. And with as talented as they are, it should not really surprise anybody that they come back and make a game of it. Um, and we'll get to a lot of the factors that played into the game later on. But overall, the reason why the Thunder, one large reason why the Thunder went 6-13 and 13 was because they just didn't start games off well at all. And they, when you do that, you have less of a margin for error. You can't, you can't allow a team to out-hustle you. You can't allow a team to, uh, I guess, sell calls or get the benefit of the whistle, even though you don't have um, control over that. When you're down 19 all that margin for error goes out the window. So it can be as simple as the Thunder just starting off games uh, uh, much better to allow them to let those things that kind of go out of your control to not necessarily damn you so much uh, as the game goes along. But, uh, yeah, the Thunder do drop game one, 104 to 99 to Portland. Um, really quick, I think the first thing we should get off um, our chest right now, Jerry, is just the 5 of 33 performance from Oklahoma City from deep. Uh, the Blazers shot 11 of 25, 44%, but 15% on 33 attempts for Oklahoma City. Just this is a bad, this is a bad uh, three-point shooting team, or probably an average three-point shooting team. But this was abysmal. This was this was hard to watch. It was. If you go look at Matt Ravis's uh, Twitter, uh, who does a fantastic job uh, being part of the Thunder Syndicate and covering the Thunder, he kind of put it there on Basketball Reference. He shows you where it was just historically bad. And, you know, I understand the Paul George day-to-day. They weren't sure if he was going to play or not. Uh, He was game-time decision, uh, is going to play. Four of 15 uh, from three-point range. How about uh, go get Dennis Schroeder uh, in the offseason, see if he can help you out. Uh, Zero for seven uh, from three-point range. And to be honest, 
Those are your big uh, culprits right there. That's four of uh, 22, Brady. Four of 22 between yep. two guys. And uh, that's just not going to get it done. Yeah, and even another you know usual suspect when it comes to the Thunder taking way too many threes and missing a lot of them, Russell Westbrook. He only he didn't hit one, but he shot four, and I thought all four attempts were actually kind of good shots. They were shots that the defense uh, gave to him. They were shots that came in rhythm. They were shots that came after he would get to the rim and get two or three uh, layups to fall. So he's feeling it. So those four shots, I, I'm not I'm not sweating at one bit from Russell. And not to get too ahead of ourselves, I thought Russell played fantastic today. Um, but, again, it, this is going to come down to Paul George's shoulder. It's it's really that simple. Um, with how today went, and considering Paul didn't play that last regular season game against Milwaukee, I really, really think if Billy Don can take this game back, that he would have just went ahead and sat Paul George because Paul George was he, – he was nothing today. He was nothing today. And – I. Yes, there is the factor that he stretches the floor. So if you take him off out of the game so much more, maybe the Thunder aren't as close in this deficit as they ended up being. But um, Matt Moore on Twitter put it out a few minutes ago, and I agreed with him. I would think twice about possibly playing Paul George for game two because I like the way the Thunder played overall except for the shooting. Um, it really comes down to his shoulder. If he's fine, the Thunder will win this series and win it, I think, relatively with ease. Um, if he plays like this again because he just cannot get that right amount of comfort in his shoulder, it's you're going to see a lot of performances like this. So I think sitting him in game two is actually on the table, but maybe that's a little too hot takeish. Let me uh, let me kind of let me tell you what I think here, and tell me if I'm just off my rocker here. Um, I don't have a problem with Paul George playing. The problem I have is they didn't go to plan B fast enough. I think one of the plans uh, out of the gate was to get Paul George going. Obviously, if he's sore or something's going on, get him warmed up and get him some shots up. Uh, That was detrimental. And I think that led to what Portland did as far as exploding in that first quarter. Um, Eventually, Russell, and like you said, uh, we'll talk about it, Russell played well. And as soon as Russell figured he was going to have to take the keys to the offense, that's when the Oklahoma City Thunder started uh, getting some stuff done offensively. Yeah. Paul George Paul George is fine being out there, and he's fine being a pressure release. But as far as making him your number one option, uh, it didn't work. And, boy, it, as far as uh, defensively not being able to stop the, uh, the momentum what Portland had in that first quarter, it actually was detrimental. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. Like The game really got off the rails quickly, not just for the Thunder, but for Paul. Um, I agree. I, I think if they wanted to get Paul George going early, I don't know if giving him the ball and just saying, here, go into the paint. It's like, yes, we all know Ennis Kanter is there, and he's not the best rim protector in the least, but you still got Mo Harkless chasing after you, and it was really apparent Mo Harkless knew Paul was hurt because he put every little ounce of his body as much as he could into the physicality of, the, of, of his defense. Uh, Harkless finishes with three blocks. I think all those came in the first half, and they were all on Paul George. And that helps get Paul way out of his comfort zone because from then on, he was constantly looking at the, the official, looking for a call, which wasn't going to come this game with the way the game was being called. And then he started to rely heavily on the three ball, and that wasn't falling either because he was out of his com- comfort zone. He was out of rhythm. And, again, I feel like if you're going to get Paul started early on, get him some spot-up opportunities and get him a little bit more of a finesse start to the game. Don't just ask him, bulldoze your way into the paint with a bum shoulder. 
Well, I think that, uh, you know, the, the game plan was to get him involved. I think Paul George uh, wanted to do that. And I, I bet you he was thinking to himself, I can get some uh, contact. I can get to the free throw line and uh, get some stuff done. It just it didn't work. Um, I thought that uh, I am not a referee guy. I'm not a guy that complains about how games are called. But this is what I saw. I saw them uh, let them be physical at the beginning. I saw them taper away from that. I think a lot of it came after the Ferguson-McCollum uh, double technical. I think they tried to recapture the game, and that's where you see Russell Westbrook picking up offensive fouls, and then they let it get physical again. And uh, all I want to see uh, as a basketball fan, uh, as, a, as not a Thunder fan, not a Blazers fan, but a fan of basketball, I want to see consistency, uh, especially in the playoffs. And that's kind of what, what kind of happened with Paul George there. Is he wasn't getting the calls on the physical play he was getting, and he was actually being defended well. And once again, it goes with the momentum of uh, how Portland picked up again. Yeah. Overall, I think I may have made this point on Twitter after the game was over, pretty much over for the last 30 seconds. For game two, whether or not Paul George plays or not, um, for game two, Portland can play exactly like this and even slightly better because outside of CJ and Dame, um, only two players hit threes for Portland. Uh, Rodney Hood was one of one. Seth Curry was two of three. They can play slightly better. If the Thunder just hit a, even on the low end of their average from three and they continue to play like this because we know the adjustments are coming, Russell's going to be more aggressive going into the paint against Canner. Um, it the Portland can play like they did and slightly better. If the Thunder just hit on the low end um, from three, the Thunder could have a comfortable vic- co- comfortable victory coming their way, which sounds a little weird because um, this team is so incredibly inconsistent. But it really just comes down to don't get blown out in the first quarter and just shoot a, a little bit of a less than respectable um, percentage from three for Oklahoma City, I believe. And uh, we've gone this far. Uh, can I go ahead and uh, just say you can play Cantor. Oh, yeah. Cantor uh, can play fantastic. You know, I think I've said this on our uh, radio show on Saturdays, Jerry. Um, I think that a lot of that got so overblown. That Thunder team two years ago when when they took on the Rockets, they were not equipped to be able to play Cantor in that series. I mean, the matchup problem was there. Um, you're, you have Cantor going up against Click Capella, um, Nene, that, that's not, those are not favorable matchups. And while Steven Adams can have his success against Adams or against Cantor, excuse me, Steven is not an aggressive offensive center. So I, I think for Cantor, it's actually kind of a dream matchup for him. If he's going to have to play big playoff minutes against a center, he, I, I would think that he would hope that it comes against Steven because he's not going to be a huge factor in the lob game and, and stretching the floor and doing anything with the basketball in his hands because, yeah, Adams had a nice game. He had a nice game. The Thunder certainly fed him a lot. He had 14 attempts, hit eight of them, 17 points. But I feel like half the time the Thunder dumped the ball down in the post to him. Adams just isn't there in terms of being able to put the ball on the floor and make Canner work for it enough. But uh, for Canner, yeah, 20 points, 18, re- or 18 rebounds. Seven of them came off um, on the offensive end. He had that big bucket, which <laughs> that that was a travel. That was such a travel. But um, uh, he took three large steps to the rim. <laughs> um, but I think that that's also going to be a factor because I don't know about you, Jerry, but it really seemed like. And I don't know if you can if you can depend on this if you're the Thunder, 
But it seemed like every single 50-50 call went Portland's way. It, everything went Portland's way today. And um, you're, you don't really need to depend on that, that the your fortunes will change going into game two. But it is something to point out, I guess. Well, perception of say that the harder working team is going to get the more calls. I mean, that's that's how it works out uh, in any level of basketball you get into. And and Portland just came out on fire. They did. Listen, um, from what you think, and you know, anybody would say, Damian Lillard with his thirty points, right? Uh, that he shot and had today, uh, five eleven for three point range. Yeah. There's a stretch between the second and fourth quarter. He really didn't play that well. Uh, honestly, midway through the first to the third quarter, uh, he did not play that well. He comes out, he came out strong in the beginning and finished up large like Dame does. But um, there's, you know, there's not going to be a, a night again. I think that he's going to shoot 42 percent, you know, on the 21 field goal attempts that he makes. Uh, McCollum, the same way. Um, some of the shots that he was making, uh, they are superstars. I know who they are. I know what they do. But uh, to pretend like. You know, Lillard and McCollum just dominated this game from the beginning to the end. That's a falsity. Uh, there's this point, like I said, in the third quarter where as bad as Russ and PG were shooting, they had comparable numbers. Yeah. The Thunder actually outscored uh, Portland by 13 from the second quarter on. Uh, the Thunder held the Blazers to 15 points in the second quarter, um, uh, outscored them in the fourth only by two. But again, that just that – just, keeps going into this mindset that I keep having about the Thunder and their chances in this series. And I think on Saturday when we made our predictions, I think I may have said I picked the Thunder, but I also vehemently pointed out um, it ha- they have to win one of these two games. And whether it was game one or game two, I don't care. And I think it really bodes well for that take just because um, the Thunder can just make – it's not even a correction. It's just a hope that you hit these shots because – um, if Portland was forcing a lot of these bad bad misses, then I would have a different opinion. But of the 33 three-point attempts, I would have to say a good 70 to 80% of these were wide open. Because, again, most of them came from Paul, and they were all wide open. Um, I just I don't know if it's wise to just depend that the Thunder will just simply shoot better. Because guys like uh, from Portland, Mo Harkless, he could probably – he might be able to have a – a better performance guys like uh let's see rodney hood he's certainly capable of getting hot anytime uh, any place on the floor so um i think the confidence is high for a team that loses that loses game one on the road but um just abysmal shooting um getting down early in the first quarter that is what the thunder looked like in their 6 and 13 stretch but i don't like like i said is the fact that there was no plan B to me. It just didn't seem like it was plan B. Russ went ahead and took over. Uh, but, you know, if they're looking at some of the, like, shot at, you know, field goal attempts with some of these guys, Jeremy Grant only had eight field goal attempts. That was bad. Like, he's going to need more. He couldn't, he, you can't disappear like that in the playoffs, honestly. Uh, he needs to shoot more. What was the 0 for 3 from three-point range? I mean, there's another guy that, you know, shot, all three of his looks great, too, by the way. Uh, Terrence Ferguson did not look that bad, but, I mean... He got in foul trouble. Defense, he got in foul trouble yep. early. And, and two, just uh, C.J. McCollum basically lived in his head there for a minute, and uh, it was funny to see him get a technical foul, which, I admittedly, it was a soft technical foul, but still, he let uh, C.J. McCollum get in his head a little bit. But those two guys can't 
do that. And if it's Russ, then it's Russ. Or if it's them just knocking down the shots or doing what they need to do, it, it might be them. But one of those guys needs to step up. It can't just be three guys. And whenever Steven Adams is just getting outplayed uh, tremendously by Ennis Kander, one of those other guys really needs to do something. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like this has been a theme for me all season with the with the Thunder. Anytime I write something optimistic or positive about them on on our website, Jerry, the exact opposite happens. I wrote that big piece uh, yesterday about how important Ferguson is for the Thunder, and it kind of tonight really shows that yes, he is important. The Thunder lost. Ferguson's big, big, um, defense at the beginning of the game played into it, but I think I mentioned that article two or three times. Assuming Paul George and Russell Westbrook do their thing, X, Y, and Z will happen, and this will be the result. Paul George did not do his thing tonight, so it made Ferguson's lack of defense and just him losing his composure there a little bit in the middle of the game made it all the more worse. But with Jeremy Grant, yeah, eight attempts is not enough. And I think I think a little bit of that maybe might be a result of the Thunder going to Steven Adams a lot more than they typically do. I think that there's going to be, that's going to be a correction, uh, at least when the Thunder get in the half court, is to allow Jeremy Grant more opportunities um, because he is he has grown to be way too important to, to just get eight possessions. And it really seemed like his eight looks were the result of hustle plays. It wasn't like the Thunder were actively going to get Grant uh, any open looks at all, except for that one sure. last except for that one last three. Um, but you've like you said, the plan being this will kind of get into Russ. Um, that last that last look that. Uh, that last defensive look he gave Dame where Dame hit that three that pretty much buried the Thunder late in the game, that's inexcusable. But this is not on Russell Westbrook at all this game. Uh, 8 of 17, um, of course, I said 0 for 4 from the three-point line, hit all eight of his free throws, finished with a triple-double, 24, 10, and 10. Um, even the four turnovers, um, I like what I, I like what I saw from Russ. And the main thing was just simply because he did not make it about him and Dame. He did not play um, unwise, over aggressive. Uh, he played within the offense. He tried. He tried his heart out to get Paul George going. He tried his heart out to get his teammates going. But like you said, Jerry, when it became apparent nobody was going to hit a damn thing, he got to the rim and he got to the rim at will. Uh, Portland has n- nobody that, that that can check him. That's going to be something that I think Russell's going to go at uh, to start the game early on, and then maybe. He'll take a distributing role um, as the game goes on from that point. But I think if the Thunder want to avoid another first quarter uh, burying performance, Russell has to be a little bit more aggressive in getting to the paint. <laughs> I'm looking at this uh, interaction. Uh, do you remember that uh, T.J. McCollin had just this uh, trans- uh, just this uh, back and forth with somebody on Twitter named Jennifer? Yeah, the, Blaze- the Blazers' Twitter account is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they said that, that she finally got back and forth and they finally got to tweet her out. They did it, Jennifer. They did it. So that's, that's really good. So that's, that's fantastic. Uh, I love the fact that, uh, you know, Portland, did they play absolutely, you know, lights out? Yeah, they did in the first quarter. But the Thunder did even it up uh, in the next three quarters. I think that Russell Westbrook, you need a little, oh, gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this. A little more fire out of him. I think everybody was saying, oh, I hope he you know, keeps his composure or whatever. Um, but it looks like plan A needs to be, Russ, 
going and, and maybe getting a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, it kind of stinks that your leader is also your emotional leader, and you're worried that sometimes he hulks up and will, like, you know, completely tear down New York City whenever he hulks up. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of where you're at with Russ. I mean, sometimes you have to un- and bottle it, and it's to Oklahoma City's detriment sometimes. But other times, man, you can't – can't come out in the playoffs and expect to win anything whenever you sleepwalk through the first quarter. Yeah, and really quick, um, going back to what I said about Paul possibly not pl- that being a factor, I think Paul's going to play. I just think it's an interesting thought to have. But I think one way that the Thunder can get Paul George going in a game is instead of doing the, the obvious, give him the ball early and let him try to hit some shots so that he can get into rhythm that way, let Russell do his thing offensively because, like we've been saying, uh, Jerry, um, maybe that will help the Thunder avoid a first quarter, uh, a large first quarter deficit because Russ, is, Russ can get to the um, paint at, at will in this series with uh, no rim protection. And if Paul is able to play in a game that um, isn't such a large deficit um, where he's not already missed three or four shots or got his um, shot blocked in the paint, maybe that way Paul can get... Um, the game, his game feed under him a little bit more. Um, I just, I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't agree with just simply handing him the ball and just saying, go get it because he's obviously hurt. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, whenever it comes, it comes to things that you want to do, all of us, all of us, anybody who watches uh, this team and watches Portland and seen Ennis Canner, all of us said, go after Portland in the pick and roll. And I really only saw that happen. Maybe, you know, a handful of times. Third quarter, uh, it, third but, quarter, they it, did it a lot. Uh, late in the fourth, they did just too late. Yeah, and it, it, it seems successful, uh, but then you're climbing such a big mountain at that time that uh, you can't really get any momentum in your offense. So uh, you saw what works. Uh, maybe you do it with Adams. Maybe you do it with Grant, uh, and then kind of have, like I said, Paul George out there as a pressure relief uh, instead of force feeding him, and uh, they can become successful at that. Listen, I picked the Blazers to win in six, so this isn't surprising to me. Uh, I said that Dame Lillard is a, uh, a killer, and that Ennis Kanter uh, had a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. Both those things came true today. But uh, if Oklahoma City can get a win in game two, then uh, they put themselves in a fantastic spot. Uh, just like, listen, this game is just like the regular season. Uh, it looks dire at one point. It looks like they can't get anything going. But the truth of the matter is, uh, one win in game two, and everything's going to fall into place for them all over again. And I think, um, we did, I didn't really harp on this yet, um, I've had such a vocal problem with Dennis Schroeder and the Thunder's um, insane ability to continuously spot him up for three. I mean, he was 0 for 7 today. Um, he really killed some Thunder uh, runs where they were potentially, I think they were, like, there were a few times where they were within three and they could have cut the lead to one, or if Shooter simply moved the ball, maybe found a better option to shoot a three, even though the Thunder are probably going to miss it today. I mean, they were five of 33, so it doesn't matter overall, but seven three-pointers, especially with how, you know, Schroeder is the same type of player as Russ. He gets, he plays downhill. Billy Donovan said during the game that he thought that they need to play downhill more often, and like we've been saying, Jerry, they didn't do it until pretty much until it was too late. But when it is so apparent that Schroeder can have that teardrop floater game with great success um, against Portland, you don't need to be taking seven threes, dude. 
you don't need to be taking seven threes. There is a difference between Russell going 0 for 4 and all four of those looks I can live with. I can live with. But Dennis Schroeder 0 for 7, um, even if he was 1 of 7, I, I don't like it. That That is something that I think Billy can easily squash. He hasn't done it yet because the Thunder have been doing this a lot in the last two months with Schroeder. Um, that cannot happen again. No, I agree. Listen, I don't understand where uh, Dennis Schroeder is a spot-up shooter at all. I don't. Uh, he is supposed to come in, relieve Russell Westbrook, uh, sort of have that same style of play. When they play together, he still should be the point guard uh, letting Russ be off-ball. And I think that's part of the problem is that either Russ won't or Russ doesn't. Uh, let Schroeder run the offense and him go two guard. I, I think that's where the spot ups with uh, Schroeder because he's so open, he has to shoot. Uh, we all know he's not a shooter, but uh, they got to get him out of that position. I think part of it is uh, Russell uh, sort of having uh, just a little bit of sense about himself to get himself uh, into not being a playmaker, uh, but actually making plays and making buckets. Well, I guess. Before we get out of here, Jerry, um, you did pick the Blazers in six. Um, so I, I'm just curious: do you feel do you feel vindicated in, in your call, or do you feel a little ner- if you're if you're a Portland fan, do you feel a little nervous moving forward? No, I mean I've, I've watched too much basketball over the years. You know, I'm 150 years old. And, <laughs> you know, ever since the day that they had to put the ladder up and pull the ball out, uh, it's a long series, and these are two very very evenly matched teams. So. Uh, no, I don't feel vindicated, comfortable, or anything like that. I know the Portland got one game, and I thought they'd get four. So one down, three to go for Portland. But uh, in no means am I going to tell you I'd take anything away from this game that says that Portland is going to dominate this series because I didn't see that. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think it was a I think it was a missed opportunity on Portland's part to really put some doubt in the Thunder's mind because. Um, they had every opportunity to do that in that second quarter or third quarter on. They didn't do it. They allowed the Thunder to regain some momentum. And it's a seven-game series. Like, yes, you want to win every single playoff game you can. That's the whole point. But you've got to treat a game one just kind of like maybe the first two quarters of a game. There's still a lot of basketball to be played. And Portland had such an opportunity to bury Oklahoma City um, many times during this game, but they just could not do it. So it, it gives me, I guess, better a better feeling for the Thunder moving forward. Of course, um, if they had to hit just one big three late in the game, perhaps they possibly eke, this, eke a win out. But um, this is as good of a feeling as you could probably have if you're a Thunder fan if they're going to lose. Okay, uh, I kind of disagree with that because I think even if Portland beats it by 25, you tell me Russell Westbrook doesn't think that they can win game two? Oh, because of course. I, I, you, you, can't say, you cannot send a message to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has no fear. So just, what is it, just move on, advance, survive. Just uh, you got game one, uh, let it go about its business, and uh, away we go. Yep, and I, I guess with that we will just we'll put a bow on this one. Everyone's getting ready for Game of Thrones, except for you, Jerry, since you don't watch it. And you, <laughs> you and you and Madison, you and Madison are the oddballs and the Thunder Syndicate at the franchise. I don't know what I'm watching this evening. Uh, there's some other things going on. I, I I don't know. I might have a nice pasta dinner uh, with the family. Who knows? Just uh, there's a ton of things we could possibly do. You can listen to some more funk records. Oh, listen, I, I can always listen to funk records. Anytime, any day, any place. Yes, 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 you can. Um, by the way... Give um, us the funk. Give <laughs> us the funk. Some George Clinton. 
Um, by the way, everybody, uh, Madison Morris was not able to watch the game or podcast, obviously. If you've heard, the, heard it this whole time and been waiting for her voice, she had other obligations today at her other job, so she's working her butt off somewhere else, but she will be available for game two. Um, hopefully, for Thunder fans' hopes, uh, Paul George's shoulder will be fine, and he will be available for game two. In terms of being able to hit a damn shot, 415 from, from the three-point line just won't do it. But uh, with that, uh, Jerry, thank you so much for filling in for her. I got an idea. Why don't I just fill in every time the Thunder lose so people can hear how much I pick Portland to win. <laughs> hey, you're not one to toot your own horn, so that that is, uh, that is a good call. <laughs> Um, but yes, with that, uh, the Thunder lose 104 to 99 to the Portland Trailblazers. Game two will be Tuesday night. Um, Jerry, who's do you know? Do we have pregame, postgame duties already divvied out for that one? No, uh, the duty has not been served yet. Uh, I know pregame. Uh, is that the 9:30 start or is that the 8:30? Is it the 9:31? I believe that's 8:30. Okay. Uh, an hour beforehand, obviously, uh, no golf that day, so I'm sure both Kobe Powell and Andrew Gilman will be available. Uh, Desmond Mason joined us today in the pregame, so uh, that was nice. And then afterwards, there's a really good chance uh, that it could be you and Madison uh, with the off chance that uh, I will join uh, because it's the playoffs and I'm playoff J. Well, okay, whatever. <laughs> Correction, that, that is a 9.30 tip-off, so I guess we can count you out if it's Madison and I for you to make an appearance. That's much <laughs> I, I too late. Sleep, yes. I could be on the show, but I might be sleeping. <laughs> um, well, if the Thunder have a similar performance from deep, uh, I think you just snoring would be great, great analysis for uh, the Thunder's <laughs> offense, we'll just say. But um, once again, Jerry, thank you so much for jumping on the OKC82 Plus podcast. We appreciate it. I'm sure Madison appreciates it. Um, the Thunder lose game two on Tuesday, so tune in to the OKC82 podcast for more coverage. Tune in to 107.7 The Franchise. 1079 Tulsa. If you're out of the market, download the app. It's free. Um, join in on all the fun, and we will see if the Thunder's uh, fortunes change for game two. But for Mr. Jerry Ramsey, this is Brady Trantham. Good night, everybody. <laughs>